BTCC is back, round one, two and three from Donington Park was at the weekend and it was rather chaotic, I think is the best way to describe it. Yeah. Great British weather decided to strike and we had a mixture of conditions through all three races and I don't know if you guys watched any support races as well but it was pretty mad. So Tom, Nick, welcome, enjoy the first weekend back. Yeah, it's great to see you back. First day at school, <laughs> in many ways, driving standards and stewards, stewarding standards. I'm sure we'll come, come to that. But ah, loved it. Yeah, forgotten how you forget how much you miss it until the first mm. race goes, and you're just like, ah, yeah, the argy bargy. The argy bargy. Yeah, it didn't take long for there to be some chaos and controversy. About five seconds into race one, yeah, we had our first major incident of the year, and which which we'll get to. Yeah, a bit of controversy to start the year off is always good. Did you watch any support races? I've just flicked through a bunch, but there was cars flying everywhere at the weekend. Oh, it was a busy weekend for the marshals. Yeah, I didn't watch any of them. They're there to watch later. Apparently there was a mm-hmm. pretty nasty incident with someone unconscious in the minis. Yeah, there was a horrific crash in the minis as uh, one of the drivers come towards turn one, lost his brakes. Oof. Oh, well, I wish they I hope they're okay. Yeah, yeah, I think the reported everyone's okay, but he lost the brakes, had to go to just drive to the inside, try and avoid people, clip someone, and then the car spun a few times. But apparently everyone's okay. So Right, that's good. good. Yeah, shows the dangers, even in the support categories, there is a, it's not safe. Well, mud sport is dangerous, and we sort of normalise the fact, because there's not been anything serious for a while in this formula, I guess. But, yeah, that's... It's always there, isn't it? Just waiting for that one unlucky moment. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow, we're starting in a dark note, but obviously my thoughts go out still to Craig Breen's family, who's a WRC driver who lost his life recently, and you just sort of think, oh, wow, there hasn't been... Those cars are super, super safe, but then there's like the odd unlucky scenario, which just brings it all home. Anyway, yeah. on a lighter note, stewards. Stewards? Who are the stewards already? Well, I don't know. Yeah. That was Not a bad quite. segue there. <laughs> yeah, but I agree with you. I've, I've read, I was reading about uh, the incident that Craig Green passed away and it sounded pretty horrible. His, yeah. his co-driver was completely uninjured, but it was just one of those yep. freak things that that mm. just comes out of nowhere. Yeah, the, the for all intents and purposes, it's not like they barrel rolled down the hill or anything. It's just a very un- unlucky circumstance, you know, all alleged and rumours and stuff. But hopefully, uh, I'm not sure. It's one of those things where I don't think the FAA could even change something on the car because of what happened it's very something coming through the window is just unfortunate yeah on to this weekend's btcc action then and race one was rough up rather expert won by dan camish but he wasn't in story on saturday it was his teammates the ford focus is really dominant to begin with yeah his teammates took the the head billing and qualifying. Darren Rombottom took pole. Ash Sutton was second. Sutton, I think, lost a lap due to track limits. But it was Ford Focus 1, 2, 5. And then outside the top 10, you had Sam Osborne as well. So the Ford's looking looking pretty racy already. Yeah, looking very good. It's I thought a... it was ominous. Yes. Especially um, during one of the races when they were all together at one point. It reminded me of the old Mondeo days. Ah, but which year of Mondeo? There was, there was some uh, lean years. I don't know, just <laughs> the old, like, uh, who was it? It was Menu and, was it Rydell? Yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, and well. even they had the similar colours. It was Reed Menu Rydell 2000. Yes, 
That's what it was reminding me of because of the colours. Yeah, you're right. And the domination, they they whooped mm. it that year. And also, allegedly, they had the biggest budget ever seen in BTCT for a season <laughs> yeah. that year. Yeah, Tens 50 quid. Millions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. But the colours even match, yeah. Mm. And the blue oval. What crazy thing for me was, so we had the, the top 10 sh- showdown yes. shootout format. In the qualifying before that, it was focus one, two, three. Yeah. <laughs> and Turkington was in fourth, the closest uh, non Ford. And he was nearly four tenths back from mm-hmm. Sun. That's huge in touring cars. It is. But at the same time, when you've got the top 10 showdown, do you put your whole lot into the first part? I don't know. You've got to get through. But yeah, yeah. you're right. Hmm. I'll tell you one thing as well. In the showdown, like Colin mentioned there, Sutton got a lap deleted. And I think that was two or three tenths clear of everyone at that point. But obviously Mm -hmm. it wasn't legal. But then he only had time to do one flying lap at the end of the session, as opposed to like two back to back. Mm -hmm. And I think he was purple in sectors one and two, but then just took it easy through the chicane at the end, which might have been where one of the track limits things were being triggered. So I think what we saw from Sutton wasn't necessarily what he was capable of. Mm-hmm. Don't want a slight robot in there. For an incredible job. Very, very surprising. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I think Robotom did a fantastic job in qualifying. Um, new car, new team. To be straight on the pace like that was very good. At the end of qualifying, his interview was quite interesting. It was like a dig. It was like, well, you know, this is what happens when teams behind you, or something like this. Yeah. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Neal's going to helicopter in the next race and go after him. <laughs> Do some kung fu on him. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, qualifying is where the it was dry and mm-hmm. to to set pace. I'll be up there even with Sutton and you know, be ahead of Hitman Camish. He's very, he's just fantastic. Well done. It was really good. To our stars of qualifying, I want to shout out Andrew Watson in the Vauxhall Astra, put his car ninth, and then Ronan Pearson put himself 11th. He was four tenths off Ingram, but he was ahead of Tom Chilton, which for two yeah. rookies, especially the young lad, Pearson, those are really impressive first qualifiers in BTCC. Yeah, well, I did say there's going to be a very exciting rookie in the Vauxhall Astra. was <laughs> the other one that I picked, but you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I did not expect anything from Watson this weekend, but he's been awesome. Not just qualifying, but his race pace and everything. Yeah, yeah. we were ske- wrongly sceptical, I think, in the mm. preview episode. Which, if you're not listening to the preview episode, do listen to that as well, even though yeah. the first race has happened. Yeah, a lot of detail in there, um, and a lot mm. of waffle as well, which uh, we summarised in our trailer on Twitter, if you haven't seen that yet. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was the Burns Castles that were inflatable. Couldn't really remember why that was there, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, Watson, we, fair to say, we didn't know much about him, weren't too enamored, but he was a star of race one for me. Mm. Well, yeah, and qualifying, and, and a Pearson out qualifying uh, two out of the four Hyundais, or three other potential Hyundais. Wonderful. Although I think we did say, to give us a little credit, that he could be one to watch. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, but Watson was a big surprise, which was rather yeah. lovely. And Stephen Jelly was a big di- disappointment, I thought. Well, what I was most impressed with Watson is that um, 
early on in qualifying he set a reasonably good time and then everyone else starts going quicker and quicker and he kept coming back into the top 10 like three or four times um so he clearly had the pace it wasn't like a one-off lap he set several fast laps yeah before we're going to race one do you want to do the first edition of double watch doubly doubly watch (laughs) he is double uh, but it does sound like a pizza section um but yeah double watch it uh yeah a disappointing 21st but disappointing from my point of view because i was hoping he would be very good but a solid effort from him it's fine for a debut race it's just Mm -hmm. there's a couple of the stars came in their first race and did did better i guess but nothing to worry about No, no i think he did okay um yeah one and a half seconds roughly off the pole which in itself isn't that terrible really not for your debut no it's not I'd just like to shout out to Rory Butcher for slightly being underwhelming. Uh, <laughs> just, and we'll talk to this later on, but could it be too, could his championship charge be over already? I don't know. Maybe that's a bit too premature, but it all started by qualifying in uh, 13th there. According to the BTCC, though, he was in a Toyota Avensis. I was just about oh, yes. to ask that. Yeah. Are, are, they're not running a Toyota Avensis, are they? No, no it's a Corolla. It's a Corolla. <laughs> Where did the fences come from? It's <laughs> copy and pasted it from an old. Uh, oh, fair play! They have to write these results in quick time. Yeah, and uh, but this is on the BTC website. Results: He drives the fences. I'm just trying to check the arrow results to see, see if they, they caught it. We are no, it's still on the fences. Yeah. Maybe maybe we're wrong. Maybe maybe our eyes could deceive be. us. Could explain <laughs> it. Maybe a branding thing that we've missed at some point. Although we should we should touch about this. Uh, as we suspected, it is a BMW engine in the Toyota this year, which mm-hmm. I think is a marvellous loophole and grey area that's been exploited. So I love skullduggery like that. Yes. I'm assuming they can. it's not just a straight copy of what's in the BMWs. It's, it's the same mm. engine, but they have the ability to make their own changes to it. I'm assuming that the installation is very different. Mm-hmm. There's a different car with different aerodynamic properties, isn't it? So all that will have to be bespoke. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the block and probably the turbo and stuff like this is probably all the same. Oh, yeah, it would all be the same. I just mean that they have the choice on how they run yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, it's heavier than the Tokyo unit, but mm-hmm. they still thought that that was a, an advantage. But yeah, this seems to be. This is the one from the Super, which is made in Austria, I think, as a joint venture with the BMW Z4. So it uses a BMW derived unit, but because it's sold in a Toyota, it's in the Toyota, which. Yeah, like I say, I love that. I think it's great. Yeah, same. And it should be noted as well that um, we said in the preview that they do these top 10 shootout things and no one gets to see it. But what did we get this time? Qualifying on YouTube. Wonderful. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't think we're bigger, big-headed enough to realize to think that they've listened to us, someone has listened to us. But, uh, no, I think they no. did. but of note it's on the itv sport youtube channel and i think itv in general has finally cottoned on to the attraction to youtube and how it can help uh, raise your brand's profile and get people talking about you because uh let's be honest sky sports in football has all these pundits almost i think sometimes Mm -hmm. deliberately poked to have an argument and Roy Keane is also doesn't work just for Sky, right? It works for ITV. It goes on YouTube. You know, people just watch a lot of clips of football pundits arguing. So now ITV Sport does that on YouTube as well. 
So they're building up the subscribers, and part of that is that qualifying is on that YouTube channel for BTCC. Got about 40,000 views at the minute, which is good going for qualifying and for a new attempt. Yeah, we've we've harped on about this for ages to get it on. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask the crucial question. Did any of us watch it live? I did. Did you? Well done. I did well indeed. Done. You're keeping the team going. I was at the football. <laughs> so I was in the I, cinema. Yeah, but that's fair enough. The point being, I, I because it's on YouTube, you I know it's, it. you, you don't have to worry about it. You know immediately where it is. You can watch it one half speed if you want, or, or you can skip back <laughs> and forward really easily. Or because I have a YouTube <laughs> premium subscription, I don't have to watch adverts, but they still get a piece of the action for the views. So it's, you know, I can Chromecast it. It's on my phone. It's on the, you know, it's so much better to use than a, a native website. Yeah. Uh, the, embed. The embed on the website was terrible at times. The quality yeah. was poor. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, yeah. You couldn't go backwards either because then you would lose where you was and then they'd put in another three minutes of adverts you had to watch before yeah. you could carry on. Yeah, it works exactly. a lot better. And we've always said before, well, it's better than nothing because we appreciate the free coverage. I just want to mm -hmm. insert that disclaimer again. But having having qualifying on YouTube doesn't take away viewers for the live broadcast TV, in my opinion, for the races. So, Oh, no. Logical step. It's just, it's five years too late, but we'll take it. Fantastic. Well done. Let's go into race one then. And we get our first argument of the season, about five <laughs> seconds in. Dan Robottom gets a terrible start. Sutton goes past into the lead and Hill pulls alongside Robottom. Sutton then decides to completely switch sides of the track, which was good of him. And uh, he Allegedly. then collides. Allegedly. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then he collides with the front end of Jake Hill, sends his car into a big wiggle. He ends up in the grass. With grass need radiator overheating his engine and taking him out of the race. Prior to that, Hill, as soon as Ash started to move, Hill was alongside Robottom and he kind of jinked right into his car, so there was collision between those two. But it was a big collision between Hill and Sutton, which got the attention of the stewards. And Jake Hill got a free place card penalty for race two. I'll hand it over to you guys. Discuss. Well, yeah trying to think of a word that isn't swear words um I, I can't see how this is a penalty and if it is why doesn't it affect the race result as well like why keep the result and then give a three place penalty but for me it was just a racing incident and yeah he came across the front of him it was not a massive touch either but it's just in these conditions it caused a big wiggle yeah, I can't see how you could blame either person for that, really. Sutton moved over, but I assume that he thought he was ahead and Hill was coming through with nowhere to go. When did the BBC become controlled by the FIA? The BBC? Is... Yeah, the BBC. The B... Oh, sorry. When did the BTCC get controlled by the FIA? It was very much a Formula One-esque uh, disaster, I thought, in terms of uh, the perception. Although, I tell you, it caused a debate online and that's mm. kind of a good thing because there hasn't actually been a debate online about the BTCC for quite some time in controversy-wise. Mm. And I know this is not what Mr. Gow is allegedly going for. Keep it clean and keep it all professional. It still is, but ultimately, debate sparks articles, it sparks YouTube comments, it gets the algorithms going, blah, blah, blah. The last time I felt this angry, though, was 2019 Snetterton with the Plato Sutton debacle. Because mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't understand this. No. 
it's, it's funny you mentioned SFI there. I um, I got a reply from someone on Twitter at the weekend to my tweet oh. about this incident, yep. whose bio is the speaker of F1 truths. Mm. <laughs> if, if you're called LH Lewis Hamilton, don't interact. I'm not changing my mind. You're not changing yours. No matter how many facts <laughs> First of I all, have I, I, versus your opinions. I can't wait for this reply based on that bio. Yeah. It was from Charlotte. Also, self, self-proclaimed speaker of truth. That's the best bit. Yeah. It's from Charlotte. FIA president in action here. So it's FIA's ah. fault, even though they're not involved. It's FIA's fault. See Silverstone, where Lewis said, get out of the way of crash. Monza, where Lewis said, get out of the way of crash. And Max said, fine. Then Brazil, where Max said, get out of the way, or we crash. It spreads across all of motorsport. That's completely irrelevant. Well, my, yeah. point, my point was, if you make a move like that, Ash, not everyone's just going to suddenly slam on the brakes and get out of your way as you cut across mm-hmm. the track. Which was his point in the post his interview that, and Simon Stewart's point is if you don't have significant overlap, and the guy in front decides to do a completely stupid move across the track, you have to get out of the way. But it's so difficult because they're all accelerating from the grid. Correct. Yeah. It's not like they were flying down the straight already. Um, also, he's he's trying to go around Robottom, who's basically stopped on the grid, or yeah. he's going very very slowly. And but the the main thing here is, it's certain swerving across in my in my personal opinion, and to to add to that, I think again purely opinion, and I hope I'm wrong. This decision sets a dangerous precedent. Mm. If you rewind the clock to last year, Sutton at least twice made some very dangerous moves in my opinion uh, on the straight during the race, not at the start. Once at Silverstone. And uh, once or twice at Knock Hill, where someone got the run, and at the la- actually beyond the last possible second, he moved across and there was contact. Now, because he's in a front-wheel drive car, if you keep it pinned, he's got a chance of saving it. But, you know, all it takes is a few extra millimetres of overlap, mm-hmm. certain doing those moves, and he's in the wall. And, it, and it's going to be an awful accident, and it's very dangerous. So now this uh, result and this decision to give Hill a penalty for that move, to me, will only say, okay, everyone can just swerve across now. Even even if you've been outfoxed, you're allowed to swerve across and defend. Because there was a bit of the BMW there. It's the word significant, right? But mm-hmm. I'm fine with moving across, by the way, in that fashion, if uh, then, you know, you've done it in time to not be out Fox or someone goes down the inside of you. But he, he didn't. It was too late, in my opinion. Oh, man, that was a bit of a ramble. The point I'm making is, last year, Sutton had... I've not really done it before in his career. Now, back in front of drive, decided that I can move across at the last minute, and even if I get the car, there's a bit of contact sideways, I'm going to hold on to it. Mm. We've seen it again here now. And, you know, later in the year, this we might not need a steward's intervention because he, he might be upside down in a barrier somewhere, which I hope is not the case. No. No, again, you can see misjudgment from Ash thinking he was ahead, but I just don't understand how the car behind is expected to back out. Mm-hmm. I just I don't understand that expectation, especially when you're racing t- towards turn one. You've just bumped off the guy's teammate, you know. <laughs> Look at the whole circumstance. Yeah, I was a bit disappointed with that. It's. Uh... I don't think either deserved a penalty. Yeah, Ash, I agree. Ash's Maybe weekend either. was ruined, and 
how I don't see there'd be anything wrong. There's also a, 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 the option of just giving a verbal reprimand, mm-hmm. which will come to race three. There was an incident in there, in my opinion, which is far, far worse than this. And all that driver got was a, a warning. And so... We're coming in- for you, Bobby. <laughs> yeah, right. So the, the, there's an inconsistency here as well, which uh, there was, a, you know, social media was blowing up uh, before race three. I got even angrier after having seen the the results of the contact in race three because I just thought, wow, not even a, you know, not even a good drop for that. I understand that one car ultimately had to retire from the race. Yeah, but that shouldn't. Right. That's all I understand. What happens? No, you're right. Yeah. yeah, but it's a talking point, isn't it? Talking point about BTC, and we're all angry and riled mm-hmm. up and. I'm a huge fan of Ashton's ability of driving. We've said it many times. I, I think he's the best driver on the grid, and he, he should even be, you know, doing supercars in Australia or something even crazier. Um, just I don't like this chop across, which is now is ju- a justified move. He's had little spells in his career because it was a few years ago when they kicked off at Donington and. Anytime someone went to the outside of him on the corner entry, if you remember, he like, oh, yeah, yeah. shoved them off like three aces in a row. Yeah. So but he calmed down after that. He did. So Maris is his week one, race one. Yeah, so, we'll see what happens for the rest of the year. Like I say, yeah. I'd, I'd love to be wrong on this, so that's what we're aiming for. Yeah, yeah. if you disagree with us, let us know. Let us know why we're wrong. Yep, there's like the Paul O'Neill view, which I did preface it with, Oh, uh, I'm not sure why that's penalty, but then he did talk for five or six minutes about how, well, he didn't have the data, but maybe yeah. if he didn't back off. But I'm like, I don't uh, know. No. Yeah, that, that was I know what he's trying to, to say, but yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. It sounded, it sounded like he was getting a left home off the ash after the race and didn't want to get rid of it. Yeah. I mean, it's I didn't disagree off. with anything he said. It's just the way he kept it. It was as if he was flip-flopping from one side to the other yeah. all the time. But I can't present on TV. I don't have monitors in my ears with people telling me, oh, no. pad for an extra three minutes. So it could, you know. Oh, yeah, and I'm a fan of Paul O'Neill's yeah, um, stuff. And it's just this particular one, I was just thinking, just get off the fence one way or the other or just say that you don't agree with it or whatever. Back to the racing. Oh, yeah. I'm angry. I got riled up by a bit too impassioned there. Apologies. <laughs> Back to the racing then. And uh, going down to turn two, Tuckington's in second, but it looks like he gets a little bump off the row bottom, which sends mm-hmm. them both wide. Both always a bunch of places out of that. Tom Chilton's then off, and uh, there's a safety car. Something then, you can see him in the pits, but his engine's steaming pretty heavily. It's overheated, and they're talking about engine replacements at that point. We get a restart, and then Nick Halstead is immediately off and bringing out a second safety car. This is also a semi-wet track at this point when they're on slicks, mm. I believe. So it is tricky conditions. You did also get the uh, Josh Cook manoeuvre, which did make me chuckle slightly. Where he just went straight on at turn one. <laughs> he he was off to get a Leon at um, yeah. East Midlands Airport. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if that I was at the time when it happened. I was like, I'm not sure if that's my judgment or his brakes didn't work, but there was no chance he was making that. No. He said he locked a tire, which then locked the other tire and then stalled the engine. 
I don't know how that happens. Oh. And that's why going, he though, didn't slow he? down. Um, and then the engine restarted as he was going through the gravel. Right. Yeah. That's not ideal, is it? No. <laughs> but that, that, that had massively impacted his weekend, that, that manoeuvre. Yeah. Out of the title race already. No, I'm not going to say that, that, (laughs) like Butcher. (laughs) Yeah, so we've got Jake Hill in the lead for much of the race. Dan Camish has a couple of nibbles, especially at turn one, trying to go around outside, but Hill able to hold him off. Tom Ingram then puts a bit of pressure on Camish for second for about a lap, and then he backs off and gives gives a gesture to Camish on his back straight to say that he's not going to attack him. Allowed Camish to go for first place. We then see Stephen Jelly spinning and also Dan Lloyd's off into the gravel, but those don't bring out any cautions. And then we get to lap 19 where Dan Camish makes his move for the lead. Starts outside at turn one, cuts underneath for the exit and goes down the hill. Braves it all the way down and manages to take Jake through the old hairpin, mm. which I thought was a great move and a, it's a really good race from Camish because he was really quite measured. He didn't. Uh, he didn't get involved in anything at all. He, he, he timed his move and waited. Because by the time he made the move, he had a lap or two of hybrid left, whereas mm. um, Jake Hill had nothing. Yeah, I thought that was a really nice move. And I was also very impressed with uh, Jake Hill for not fighting it overly hard, like a, the way he would have done a year or two ago. You know, He knew that he was done, and he, he didn't let him through, but he didn't do anything stupid, which impressed me. Yeah, he had a couple of dummy, dummy runs, didn't he? Which mm-hmm. teed it up. And obviously Ingram was helping him out there. But I think a uh, fantastic move for Kamish to capitalise on his teammates' downfall as well. Like when that happens, you've got to strike while the iron's hot. And he did, under pressure. So classy. But Andrew Watson is the star of the show, surely. Oh, yeah. Oh, correct. He was making some great moves round outside of Ricky Cord, was it? Yeah. Um, coming on the back straight, nice move. What impressed me every time the camera kind of cut to one of his battles was the drive that he got off of every corner. So he yeah. could go around it outside or inside of anyone. Even when he's behind Ingram and putting pressure on for third, the drive he was getting out the corners, especially on a damp track, it shows he's actually got brilliant car control, uh, brilliant throttle control to, to get those kind of exits all the time. So I was very impressed with Watson. Yeah. Not a known front wheel drive expert either. No, he's, I believe this is the first time he's raced front-wheel drive. Yeah, it's brilliant. And a star in the making, we hope. We'll have to, you know, it's round one, race one. Yeah, mixable but conditions. It, mixable, yeah. that word. No, but it is now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was very impressed with him. Um, yeah, it was mega. And it, but he'd run out of hybrid a bit, and I think yeah, he could have had a go at Ingram at the end, but Ingram still had the electricity, didn't he? he and did. also... As they were coming around copies, he tried to go around the outside and Ingram basically sh- went to shovel him off. But yes. he had the foresight to sort of back off. Yeah. yeah. He didn't have to do that. And and he said in the post-race interview that, oh, listen, I don't think he said, oh, I knew he was in fourth, but for what we're fighting for, there was no point making a crazy mm-hmm. move. I could, you know, but I think he had the pace to, to get a podium there. Oh, yeah. But he didn't want to risk everything. Yeah, and that's why. Extra place. Yeah. And so with Hill's nonsensical penalty, he started the second race in a podium grid spot, but didn't get the points for it. Yeah, no, no, race two was weird. So Jake Hill then almost lost second on the line to Ingram. 
Oh yeah. I think I've got a good exit, but managed to keep the position. So that was race one in the bank. Can I just have a quick rant? Sure. Okay. Oh, just a. Uh... To interject there, apologies, and mention a couple of things. Like Again, the ITV coverage is amazing. Um, it's in HD if you've got Virgin to Sky this year as well. Hopefully it's on demand. And we had the qualified on YouTube. The race one frustrated me a little bit because key elements were not shown in replays. Mm. So on the first lap, Turkiton was actually fighting for the lead. Then all of a sudden, he's in like 20th. Well, that was the incident he had with Robotum. Yeah. He got pushed off at the old hairpin. Yeah, but there was no replay of that. And I... I we're probably speculating here, but him rejoining, is that what caused someone to bunch up and take Chilton off? No. Know. We'll never know. So it's um, kind of like weird. No, that, it wasn't that. Chilton that was, was spinning not. as he was going. I'm not sure if he was tapped from behind, but you could see he was ah, going okay. as Good. he came around the old hairpin. Right. It was in the coverage, but it wasn't highlighted and it was in the background. So I yeah. had to rewind to actually see. Right. I remember Turkey was like on the grass as well and... Good spot. I would just would have liked a replay of that because later on we had a replay of Chilton nearly going near a hard car, and I just thought, yeah, that's a, that's a bit weird. You know, we have someone who was fighting for the lead falling back, not shown more than once. We had a million replays mm. of the start, so I, I I'm going to go somewhere with this because also Lloyd went off when he was in top ten, which would have given a good result, and we only saw the aftermath. Uh, Jelly was parked on the track. We assume it was a spin, but was the contact? What happened? Ronan so, Pearson also went off on his own and yeah. went from 10th to the back of the crowd. So, to me, uh, I'm not criticising the coverage really and saying, oh, it would have been nice to get some, well, it would have been nice to get those replays, but I understand in the midst of it, it's very difficult. Uh, but this is where not having, like with Formula One or Supercars or DTM, a video a few days later on the internet of some of the best moments which weren't on the coverage mm. or from the onboard cameras that every car has the Cosworth system for the stewards. I just, I would just love a compilation because a week after the event, or a few days after it, doesn't affect the on-demand viewers of the race. If anything, it keeps the debate going about BTCC in between rounds, which in this mm. algorithmic-led world helps the sport. I've had this rant before, but that's my justification. And also, several years ago, they did actually do this on the Dunlop Tires YouTube channel. So yes, they did. It, it is possible, and back then, for whatever rights issues or license issues, that was clearly okay. So. Uh, but maybe it didn't get views because it was on a YouTube channel about tyres that not many people subscribe to, right? So I would just like to vote. Race 1 was an excellent example of. There's two or three instances there. I just want to see a bit more of that. Gives me the context for future rounds. Keeps the debate going. I'll be quiet for the rest of the episode. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, there was one other thing as well. I was going to say Gamble Watch because Gamble Watch was yeah. quite successful. But it's not It's not Gamble Watch this year. No. I'm not interested in you, George. Tell me no. what Doble did. Uh, he finished 20th and was mostly missing from all of the coverage. <laughs> but he might have had a good onboard overtake for the yeah, YouTube. I'll oh, stop, 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 stop. <laughs> We'll never know. Well, the fans will never know. That's the main thing. Yeah, so Dan Camish takes a win and fastest lap for race one. Jake Hill is also in bold, but I don't know why. On the website, so... I believe that was um, fastest lap or leading a lap or something. I think it's yeah, lead, I'll be leading a lap. Yeah, yeah. it will be. Oh, on to race two, and I don't have notes for race two because too much happened at the start. Yeah. I'll just say that everyone <laughs> from about twelve down decided to pit for wets, and everyone at the top decided to stay on dries, and everyone at the top who stayed on dries made a mess of it. So 
Uh, Tom Chilton ended up after the opening lap. Opening lap where I think it was Ricky Card was out with broken suspension. Yeah, I still don't know car. what happened there. No, he was very upset. Yes. Very angry afterwards, but I didn't, again, didn't see the replay, so we don't know. No, he went off at the old hairpin. Yeah, Um, I think it's broken already at that point. uh, When I looked, I tried to rewind a few times, and it didn't look like it. Um, I felt like the the car was slightly down to the left at that point, but maybe maybe you're right. Yeah, but like you said, we didn't get a replay to find out. But it can't be that it comes back on and then hits someone, because that would be the right side. Not the left side, I think. It depends. Oh, yeah, definitely someone gone before. Someone could have come across and tried to avoid him and gone to the inside, but I don't know. There is some slight yeah. rubbing down to Redgate. Yes. And I'm, my opinion, but we don't know, we'll never know, is that that's actually caused a fracture that's then broken as he's maybe gone on the grass at the old hairpin or just before that or what. Because all the way through Starkey's Bridge and up the hill, I think he's crawling. I think he's going very slowly if you look in the back of shot. Yeah, and he eventually breaks down on McLean's, doesn't he? Yeah, but he's he's already going slow at that point with it with it broken. Mm-hmm. So there's a bunch of cars who have pitted early. Then there's also the safety car, which allows more vehicles to come in and change the tires. Again, the front runners don't; they stay out, and it it spoils spoils the race. Tom Chilton comes from nowhere to be leading the race by about five seconds. Yeah, you then got Adam Morgan in second. Uh, you've also got. Rowan Pearson up there, fighting for the podium, and also Nicholas Hamilton. Yeah. Or was it Ingram or Chilton? I've got no idea. Yeah, it was a bit of that, because I was pretty sure that it was Morgan that was the um, leader of the wet shod cars, and after a while it was just like, oh, what's that other Hyundai that seems to be miles up the road? (laughs) I didn't envy the commentators, because I thought it was really difficult to work out. Oh yeah, I'm not blaming them for that. If you yeah. rewind and watch it back, Chilton goes round the outside of Morgan and two slick shot mm-hmm. tyre cars at the old hairpin. It's actually a fantastic overtake. But Morgan is too tentative. He is, a, he is a, the leader of the wet shot cars until he gets across two other cars at the old hairpin and Chilton just goes round the outside of all four, all three of them. Mm. And that, and he's got the lead at that point. And then also he disappeared, so fair play. Oh yeah, mm. it was very good. We were... Uh... We weren't bigging him up in the preview shows, but we're all saying that we wanted to see more from him. We certainly didn't in qualifying or real race one, but race two, he, he came to the fore, made the right decision and made it all work for him. Yeah. Big, and as, as I mentioned, big shout out to Nick Hamilton, who ended up with his best ever career finish in six. He was running further up, but uh, I think he ran wide at one of the corners, which is very easily done in those conditions. But he held on to sixth position, which is brilliant, and he did it in front. He's, well, I saw his dad there, and we've since seen that Sir Lewis Hamilton was in the crowd as well, balaclavered up, so that no, no one could see him. So, yeah, he was spectating up at McLean's by looks things, wasn't he, on his Instagram story? Yeah, mm. so it was great to see Nick get that result in front of his family, which I must imagine was uh, was extra special for him. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, one of those heartwarming stories, isn't it, to see him finally get a good result. It does bring it yeah. home as well, because uh, I think in the last episode I was a little bit critical of him, saying that he's he's quite an established driver and he needs to do a bit more. But there are times when you suddenly remember how much difficulty he has just driving the car. So, yeah, just being on the grid is the achievement, isn't it? It is, yeah. 
getting um, her points, paying positions, even you know icing on the cake. Yeah, and I'm just so pleased for him to get some reward from this. Yeah, and he had some moments, but he he kept hold of it, which I suppose it would have been very easy not to do that. Other drivers didn't. Yeah. And I think also when some quicker cars were behind him, he didn't fight it too crazy. Uh, And someone, or he made the call to be on the right tyres at the right time, so well done. Yeah, Yeah, a lot of established drivers didn't make that call. Ash Sutton being one of them, I don't know why he took so long to go to wets. Yeah. No, and he only recovered to 15th. Or maybe 15th. The results page goes 8, 9, 10, 15, 12, 13. But yeah, Ash Sutton, I think, was definitely 15th at the end. Um, Dan Camish, who was on pole, ended up 12th. Tom Ingram took the fastest lap in 9th. Ronan Pearson looked like an incredible debut <sighs> weekend for him. Podium in his second ever race. He was delighted, and it was a, it was a pretty superb drive on the mm-hmm. wet tyres as well. Held off Sam Osborne towards the end, who was closing in. But the the cruel right height, which has claimed Ash Sutton and Tom Ingram a few times in their careers, and Josh Cook, as, uh, and Josh Cook yeah. has, Once a season has, at least. has now claimed Ronan Pearson as he's disqualified from the race um, due to the right height failure, which must have been pretty devastating. But at least he knows that in the right conditions he can be competitive in the BTCC. Mm. Yeah, just to be up there in the first place. Amazing. Mm. I mean, it means Sam Osborne gets his first podium. Does? Uh, Sam? Not as certain as Pearson thought it was behind him. Yes, I know. It was quite funny in the post-race interview. He was like, oh, you know, I've held off Sutton. Well, he was fighting Sutton at one point. Because he was a lap down. (laughs) So, but, you know, fair fair play. Um, Because, going back, it wasn't just... The wet weather result that was it? It was his qualifying performance as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, ah, you just feel really bad there. Still, some other interesting results to discuss from that race. Oh, yes. Uh, number five being one, Mr. Mikey Doble. Doble. Well, promoted to fifth after Ronan Pearson was uh, disqualified. P5 yeah. in your second touring car race. Yep. Well, well done, sir. I mean, he, he was having a good battle with Hamilton, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, didn't Hamilton get him back at one point? He did, yeah. Which is, I thought, yeah, that's amazing. Then Halstead in seventh. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, a surprise one, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. Any more, any more instance you guys saw in these two? As I said, I didn't make notes because it was just too much. Well, I just want to flag that the old Gamble watch... I know mm. we don't do it, but he was the second tire to, to retire, I believe, with broken suspension. Uh, I didn't even catch that bit. I saw he went off at like the old hairpin. Didn't catch it. He actually retired. So he he, he clipped um, he clipped Pearson going off at the old hairpin. Off. There was oh. a replay. Yeah, as he went down the inside of him, it was just a little clumsy, and there was contact, and he retired from the race. It looked to me, it looked like the oh, suspension was yes. broken. Yeah, yeah, I do remember seeing that now. Now, if he'd have made that move and it was clean, Pearson finished third. So, yeah, yeah, that's a podium in the bin, unfortunately. Yeah, and as uh, a reverse from race one, I'm going to take back all my praise to Andrew Watson as he ended up finishing last of the runners. 
two laps down. Ah, uh, yeah, now, he stayed out too long on the slicks, but yes, yeah. that didn't lose you two laps. So what the heck happened in the pit stop? I'd also oh, I notice in this in this race, Butcher pitted and he lost a lap. That's the yeah. worst case scenario. Yeah. And also that was that was another element why it was so confusing to keep track of things because pe- people were laps behind and then they were still fighting in the pack. Well, yes, one thing that was quite interesting with that is that um, Ingram came out behind Chilton and Chilton presumably then let him through to keep him on the lead lap. Oh, I didn't spot that. Um because that made a big difference, because Ingram made up quite a few places at the end. Oh, uh, yes. Which he couldn't have done if he was stuck behind Chilton. But, yeah, just to go back there, again, we don't see the replays of the pit stops, and I understand why there's no cameras in the pit lane, because you'd never normally have a pit stop, so that's fine. But no. Kind of helped but feel that something happened at Speedworks Toyota for a slow stop to, for Butcher to lo- lose a lap. And then Tom Chilton, ball watch, ball gate. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so Tom Chilton pulled out the uh, magic number 12, the worst ball he could pull out, which put Dan Rowbottom on pole mm. briefly, before then uh, Dan Camish got pole when Ronan Pearson got his penalty. Now, Very fortunate for Camish there. Oh, did yeah. anyone count the balls? Uh, no. I, <laughs> I It looked like the right amount this time. Yeah. Good. He, he did draw two of them, that. though. <laughs> he did draw two of them, but well, it, it <laughs> yeah. didn't show the camera that he'd pulled 12 either. No. Yeah. I also like that they can't afford the table anymore, so they just give it, to, <laughs> <laughs> just give it to Paul O'Neill to hold. I mean, Steve Ryder's so, so so funny sometimes. Yeah. It was like budget cuts, we've just got Paul O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so Dan Rowbottom was on the front row, wasn't he? Beside his teammate Dan Camish. And he had his traditional terrible start. Yeah. So he ended up dropping back through the field, whereas Camish got a great launch and managed to keep the lead. See you later. Hmm, pretty now, much was. No, no. I want you to tell me who this is, because my notes have been auto-corrected. <laughs> <laughs> and as Galatea spins out, falling contact at turn <laughs> one. That's... And Ingram and Turkington squabble over a second. I want to say it's Halstead. It, it was. Good. Right. Thank you, Apple. That's not even a word, so I don't know why you've changed it. <laughs> he got a poor start. He got a very uh, poor start. <laughs> like a really bad start. And uh, then got mobbed. Yeah, but it was our boy Doble who took him off. But oh. Doble also looked to have been pushed yeah. from it, it behind the hill, I think. Oh, three place grid drop. Who for? I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, there was a fight between Ingram and Turkington for second, and mm-hmm. Tom won that one out. There was then a safety car, and Adam Morgan managed to spin going through the chicane. But was it contact? Yeah, it, it sounded like it. It did look like it, but once again, we didn't get the angle that we need to know if it, it was. In 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 our world where we upload some footage next week of some of the onboards, we'd put in the Osborne one to know if it was contact or not. Yeah. And if there wasn't a penalty and it's controversial, or there wasn't contact, either way, then there's a debate and the video will get loads of views and people will discuss it forever and it keeps BTCC in the public domain. So my opinion well, I'll go down that rabbit hole again. But it, all we've got is the sound maybe of some contact. Yeah, it's uh, frustrating, isn't it? Yeah. Because I want to know. 
and you don't you don't get an as well drivers after the race. You've no, you don't. Take, and and you've... there's only Autosport and Mudspot, Mudspot Network, and Mudspot.com who s- seemingly will cover as much as mm. they can. But then it'll be in this week's Autosport issue, which costs money. So what we're in a cost of living crisis, etc., etc., etc. But so there might be something in the, uh, the magazine uh, on Thursday. I mean, yeah, which is fantastic and it's well worth a read. But unfortunately, it's 2023. It would be really nice if there could be you know, even an article on the BTCC website that sort of speaks to both drivers. I know it's controversial, I, but... I would have thought if there was contact, there would have been some kind of punishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, true. Yeah, true. You know, but... Um, actually, I do want to go back, weirdly, to uh, something that happened in race one that just, just reminded me about. Um, did you see on the first restart in race one that... Um, Morgan was slow out of the chicane and he was passed by both Robottom and Collard before they got to the finish line. I did not. Ooh. And I, d- I don't know if this is a rule in touring cars as it is in F1 where you're not allowed to overtake before you get to the finish line, but he was passed by two cars. I don't well, think you were allowed. According to uh, the, someone who tweeted Colin, it's all Formula One rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all the FIA's fault. Yeah, I mean, Morgan was particularly slow out of the chicane, so I I don't know what else people could have done. But yeah, it was just an interesting point. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that you can't. Something to clarify. Mm. But yeah, it's uh, just something that I picked up on. Well, if anyone out there knows, be sure to comment on Reddit. <laughs> yeah, Reddit, Twitter, wherever we are. Mm-hmm. I did post it on Reddit last week and we got 10 upvotes. Nice. Which the BTCC Reddit uh, sub forum or subreddit, whatever you call it, it isn't the most active, I've noticed. There's a few people that are always on it, but most posts only get like 5 or 10 likes. Hey, we'll take it. Exactly. No, mm. it's just I would have thought that it would have been a bit, I guess people are still on forums rather than Reddit for their touring cars. Seems to have a slightly older all. Old- online audience let's say yeah mm. so yep we've had the safety car Thompson and Dan Rollbottom are then banging each other <laughs> all the way down not in that way but banging each other's cars I wasn't even thinking of that way. no I wasn't I was. either <laughs> <laughs> someone was uh, they're banging off each other going down the hill towards old hairpin uh, there's a bit of contact as they go through the hairpin then Bobby Thompson's behind as they go up the hill and then takes Dan Robottom off when they get to the top of the hill. Now, I'm not I'm I'm not ascribing motives, but if I was being really cynical, that looked a bit naughty. Yeah. And over to Tom who has got a face of fury on. <sighs> I'm really sorry. I'm really, <laughs> really sorry. Like everybody does an amazing job. I've really enjoyed the BTC. But this was given a verbal warning. And Jake Hill was given a three-place grid drop. And yeah. this is point blank from behind. Punt off. Um, doesn't make any sense to me. I know it's two completely separate incidents, so perhaps unfair to uh, contrast the two, but uh, it's... it's There's motive. Yes. <laughs> there's motive, and there's motive, opportunity, and evidence. <laughs> yeah. It was at McLean's with the candlestick. Uh, so <laughs> also though I would say now two wrongs don't make a right but as they're coming out of Old Pepin the left hand kink which is flat up the hill at Starkey's Bridge mm-hmm. 
Robotton, to me, looks like he tries to put uh, Thompson off. Yeah. But Thompson backs out. Um, because there is a... Speaking of overlaps, he's like side by side him. <laughs> it's not even in doubt. And he really eases him far to, to the right. Um, now, I'm sure Robotton might say, I don't, I don't know, I don't want to speak for him, but oh, that's the normal racing line, which it is. But there's a, there's a, it's obvious to me that there's a car there. And if Thompson doesn't back out, he's on that wet, slippery grass, which you can't stop. And, it, and then he's in the wall. So, and I wouldn't mind if it had been a slight Robert McLean's. I was like, a, come on, that's a bit too far. Yeah. Uh, but it was a thump, a thwack. Which, yes. Which, which damaged visibly the, the, the light pod uh, on the uh, Cooper there. Yeah, it was... There's no way of saying that this was uh, accidental, shall we say. <laughs> was, uh, <laughs> Not a chance. A definite push to pass. And but yeah, it, I, threw, it okay. threw him off, and he fell well back outside the top ten, did Robot. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, is it Rob- to the point Rob- of, if his radiator got filled with grass, then it's a penalty? I don't know. But that's 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 the frustration with the whole hill thing. Yeah. Which yeah. I cannot then drop, Rob- apparently. Then Robot picks up a penalty later in the race, I think, for a, a push on. I think, we're, I think we're saying it's Moffat, we believe. Yeah. Yes. But there are, there are spectators who have commented saying that there was definitely a push to pass, which thing uh, made he make meant that he got a free place good penalty for the next next race. So we're back racing. Well before we go back racing, there's actually an incident that we see a replay of between I think it's Roy Butcher. He has a moment going down towards the hairpin and it takes Nick Hamilton off. Oh yeah. Which mm. is a bit of shame. Bit of a mess. With it. With but then get the safety car. Sam Osborne retires during the safety car period as well at the end of the pit lane. And then when we get back racing, Ash Sutton's making good progress back through the field, puts on a decent move on uh, Stephen Jelly. Jake Hill's recovering well, and there's a bit of contact between Jelly and Chilton, and Hill manages to go past Tom, but then Gink gets past Jelly pretty easily. Um, Jelly's not putting up too much of a defence in mm-hmm. the grand scheme of things here. Speaking of Jelly, uh, I don't know if we're in out of order, but what was that bit where it cut to him just sideways across the track? For no apparent reason. Oh, that was that the race, race two. Race one. No. Race one. I'm pretty sure it also happened in race three. Up at Schwanzkirk yeah. before McLean's. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that. No, I don't. All right. Well, well. Pause that. But well, J- well, no, no. You're probably right. Jelly finished twentieth, so you're probably right. I just don't remember it. There was just no. a random shot for point two of a second of him. Broadside across the track, which is super, super dangerous because side impact is bad. It's flat out round there, coming out up to all you know, out of the old hairpin up to Starkey's biscuit, and on the left side of the track, he's just sideways, and then he gets going again. How how did that happen? I want I'd like to know. <laughs> yeah, we'd all like to know, but you know, we're, we're buying the replay, <laughs> drumming hard on after this race. Yeah, just to uh, clarify again, I, I'm really sorry for rambling on about that. <laughs> Hill, um, Hill then takes fifth from Bobby Thompson through the final chicane. chicane uh, Thompson runs a lot wide on entrance, which allows Jake to nick round outside of the second half mm-hmm. of the chicane. And he is up into fourth or fifth at that point. Tuckington's in third and he's making a few moves on Tom Ingram. Special around turn one, he tries to go around outside, but it fails. Ash Sutton catches up to the back of them and Kenny just sits there for a few laps but then on lap 12 completely mugs Turkington at the top of the hill. 
diving up the inside. Don't think Colin was expecting it. And he quite easily takes second. Truck can try to fight it back around outside, but he's forced to yield into the chicane. And Jake Hill also gets through with a bit of contact mm. on his fellow BMW. So Tuckington ends up getting goes in two places and goes from fighting for second down to fifth, where, where he stays for the rest of the race. That was a lovely move by Sutton. It was very uh, McNeil-esque. He used to love doing that move. Um, in the Integra. Yeah. But yeah, it was a really nice move. And it was a nice and controlled as well. It was it was a dive, but it wasn't like, if this doesn't work, we're all going off. <laughs> yeah. And the shout out in this race to another man we said we wanted more from last week. Aaron Taylor-Smith took mm. ninth place in this race, so... The Astra's not too bad this year, by the looks of it already. Yeah, surprisingly. I expected them to be very slow, relatively, compared to the pack. Because Watson got back to 12th also, so... Yeah, shout out to Watson. some good pace. Because he's come from the back of the grid there, and he's he's nearly up with his teammate, so... Yeah. That's excellent. Although, uh, Doble did get attacked by George Gamble. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, I think Gamble was upset that he's lost uh, Gamble Watch. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) He's taken revenge. He wants <laughs> us back. Uh, what do you, what do we think about uh, Sutton's move at the final corner in the last lap against Ingram? Yeah, I couldn't see it at first. Um, you could see he went for it, um, and I wasn't sure if Ingram blocked Ash or if if uh, Sutton hit Ingram. I couldn't decide which it was. But in the post race interviews, both of them basically alluded that it was Ash. Who uh, was a bit ambitious. Yeah. It was a solid dive. Hmm. I'm not sure what I think about Ingram just cutting the chicane to keep it, though. No, I wasn't sure, but the fact that Sutton wasn't bothered and he said that he mm. was a bit... That's what sold it for me. Yeah, fair enough. Racing incident. Yeah. Remember, mm-hmm. uh, what was the first year Plato was in the MG? It was... Sponsored by Tesco, and he had his own sandwich. <laughs> I don't know. I, I want to uh, say 2010, say, but that's probably miles off. It might be 12. No, 2010. I'm going to say 2012. Oh, yeah. 2010 was in the cruise. Yeah, right, right. And 2011 was in the cruise when there was a whole parity debate because the turbo engines came in and he was very <laughs> angry, right? Plato, parity debate? <laughs> <laughs> Those were the days. Anyway, this is 11 years ago now, but it just reminds me like an incident at that final chicane where he just smashed into the back of Sheridan and just kept pushing on the final lap at the final um, corner into that chicane and they both cut across the gravel and Sheridan was rightly very annoyed and then it was edited from every any highlight ever <laughs> so you can never see it again mm. but it was one of the worst things he ever did I thought anyway trip down memory lane for you there Colleen yes so Great weekend for Dan Kamish. He wins two races out of three and leads the championship on 48 points. His teammate, championship favourite in many people's eyes, Ash Sutton, is on 16 points, so he's already given up 32 points. On the back foot. <laughs> Very much so. Um, if you look at guys who didn't have great weekends, and Turkington, Adam Morgan's up there as well, so there's... There's people with bag points. Ingram's on 40, Till's on 32, and uh, Sutton's. That that great, because of a mistake in race one, has really put him on the back foot for the title. I'm sure he'll recover. There's 27 races to go. That's true. 
even though it's a top to table weekend though, Kamish, Ingram, Ingram and Hill, they're, they're kind of likely suspects, aren't they? They are, and uh, it's good to see Dan Kamish return to form after a so-so year last season. Yeah. So this is a nice, nice to see him back up there and not just showing his talent because race three wasn't challenged at all. No. Nah. No one came near him after he scappered off through turn one. And as race one, I thought he drove that superbly, really measured, knew he had the beating of Hill and just waited for his moment. Yeah, he was very fortunate to get that pole position in race three, but he certainly made the most of it. Absolutely. Andrew Watson might be a shout for the Jack Sears trophy after that weekend. Yeah, definitely. Mm, yeah. It's definitely one to watch. And did we do the final double watch of the weekend? We didn't, but he was 23rd and he was five laps down, uh, presumably after Gamble's attack. <laughs> yeah. So Mikey Dobo and George Gamble finished the first weekend on 11 points each. So there's a fight we need to watch. Yep. Get uh, Sam Smelt back. Well, actually, he wouldn't be having any points still. No, I, I tried so. to follow him on social media, but he's not even accepting it. I don't think he even uses it anymore. <laughs> uh, so, need to keep, keep an eye on that fight all season. Ronan Pearson must be devastated. Finished the weekend with nothing. Oh, yeah, I didn't even tweak that. But yeah, yeah that's, no points. Yeah, that's I'll not a fair representation of what he achieved. His time will come, though. And if anything, this will hopefully motivate him even more. Next up is Brant Atchindy, six and seventh of May, which is a, a nice little one. Which is where we'll see if the first of our predictions, we can actually see if one of us is right or wrong in the next round. <laughs> is this Jason Plato coming back? Yes, yeah, so Colin said Plato would run about straight speed at round two, so let's see. Keep yeah. an eye on his social media. Problem is, if he does any interviews or anything, we're going to have to watch some <laughs> and see, yeah, see, see if he does speak about it. I saw that Tiffany Dale was speaking about touring cars today. He's got a podcast. Yeah, I, I love cars. Uh, I love that. I listen to it every week. Do you? I've never, I've never watched it. But it's I it's excellent. Was, I saw he was uh, chatting about the Sutton incident. Yes, he had a similar view to to us. I think. <laughs> um, I think everyone did. Yeah, I think <laughs> most people did, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Unless they were uh, wearing Napa merchandise. Yeah. <laughs> now that we've seen all the cars on TV, any any thoughts for livery changes that you you might want to change your your choice of favourites? I still think the one B, former BTC car looks great. It probably looks distinctive that one, but I'm not sure I like it. Yeah, I still think Napa. I think, especially when I compared them to the uh, Mondeos. I've definitely softened on the laser tools. Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> no, I meant, sorry, Like I think I said it was, oh, fantastic, and now I see it I'm a bit like, oh, not mm. so much. Quite like the BMW one, to be fair. I know it's very uh, derivative, but... You know, just the, the M Sport BMW colours. All right, any final thoughts for a wrap-up? Bring on brands. Yeah, I just want to apologise. Uh, quite emotionally charged episode from me there. <laughs> it sounds like I'm just moaning, 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 but it's only to push for better because it was still some fantastic <laughs> racing and 
I can't wait for the next round already. It's what you're paid for. Yeah. It will be interesting to see the, the tires as well because we didn't really get to see any of that this weekend. Oh, that was a note. Yeah, after our after we were slightly down on the tires coming in, did it, nothing happened because it was wet. Mm. Well, there's either going to be a, a heat wave next weekend or there's going to be snow. They are the conflicting reports <laughs> I've seen on Twitter. Yeah. So, so who knows? <laughs> we'll tune in to see on December May to see what happened, which is I think Coronation weekend, isn't it? Oh yes, oh, we yes. get a bank holiday, do we? For your King Charlie. Also, oh, one thing I've forgotten to mention. No, I don't like the new theme tune for the BTC. <laughs> it sounds no. like, you know, something for a weekend cookery show during the day. It's not memorable. Um, yeah. Yeah, Anyone I don't remember how it know? goes. I just remember it was poor. The last good theme tune was, uh, again, it was all, they're all generic songs but bought from mm. like a Muzak uh, licensing website I assume uh, but 2009 that was a good one <laughs> if anyone's listening on the internet let us know your favourite BTCC theme tunes over the years I don't even remember them at all no well that's I the problem remember. isn't it we can yeah. all remember can the former month theme tunes yeah. Yeah, yeah as much as we overhear it and it's cheesy and blah 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 you remember it you know it's Formula 1 so um did but they they've got a huge budget to get a composer to make it, and I know the BTCC doesn't. So, but I just I always liked uh, Moby. One. Oh, that was ITV, ITV, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was good, mm. but it was no Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, you had. You can't be that. No. No, no. But the intro as well, you had like David Coulthard in a and his uh, tuxedo at the casinos. You had a tiger. True. You had a. A, a woman who was running the flag over her and you had random like, <laughs> smoke explosions and then <laughs> it was not befitting of the race <laughs> you could see the theme they were going down they were going Monaco. Like, Monaco glamour yeah, yeah. scantily clad women with a casino railway table type thing but what were the lyrics to that song though lift me up lift me up yeah it's the yeah 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 bit it's just like what I've got on my phone it's on my playlist already Someone, someone, my daily playlist. I was trying to remember exactly what you was on about until you just did that bit, and it's like, oh yes, now I remember. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, yeah, but this is too, a bit too obscure. But the when the BBC BBC Top Gear did rally coverage in the nineties, so they had Formula One with Fleetwood Mac the chain, and they had oh I can't remember if the band was called Propaganda and the song was called Bejeweled or vice versa. Oh, that was a theme tune, fantastic. <laughs> For I've some reason, conversation. I've got the ski Sunday music going from my head now. Oh, that's oh. an amazing one! All the BBC <laughs> Sport, you know, match of the day, Wimbledon, snooker, snooker, yeah, snooker, fantastic. Oh, this is a brilliant way to sign off the uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, did you see that climate protesters stopped the Formula E race of all things? I, I briefly saw a snippet of it today. Yeah, I wonder if the BTC will get that. Anyway, I digress. Stay in your houses, you eco warriors. Let us enjoy your petrol. <laughs> but it's still here. That's right, how you end we'll the podcast. Ba- <laughs> ah, yes, we'll be back next week with our Baku episode. Uh, they've just today approved the qualifying format. Oh, what is, is it? Oh, so Grand Prix qualifying on Friday. Then you have sprint qualifying, which I think is the exact same Q1, Q2, Q3. What? On Saturday morning. So two qualifying sessions. 
Then mm. you have Sprint Shootout, which is set by the Saturday morning qualifying. So you have a Sprint Shooter race, and then the Grand Prix starts with the Friday qualifying. That's how I understand it. Well, yes. I'm not going to judge it until we see it. But it no. sounds like another reason to get people to subscribe to pay TV. Yeah, as they've tried to remove the Jeopardy from the Sprint so that people will go for it. Yeah. It is better not having the FP2 session that was just pointless as well. Oh, and right. Okay, so that's good. There. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll just need to wait and see. We're all mm-hmm. open-minded people here. Not uh, not judgmental on anyway. <laughs> so we'll, <laughs> we'll wait and see. Right. We've gone an hour. Right. This is enough. Goodbye. We'll see you next week. <laughs> for Bye. Baku. That's how we're ending. Enjoy, enjoy your theme music. Yes. Goodbye. <laughs>